0: scene. I'm sorry for the schoolgirl, she said softly. It's sad and terrible, but it's nothing to do with, if she's still alive, she's alone and terrified, a prisoner at the mercy of strangers. Do you know how it feels to be trapped and alone in the hands of an enemy? The knife inscribed a small circle in the air. This is how it feels... He was wrong to think she didn't know what it was like to be alone and afraid and trapped. Her earliest memories were exactly that. The revolution had not spared children. "'London's a sink of crime,' she said. "'But it's not my crime, not my brutality. "'I'm not in the business of killing.' "'You gave orders for death in Spain.' "'Very few people knew what she'd been in Spain.' this man was not here by accident. This was no mistaken identity. He knew who and what she was. She said, that was far away and long ago. That was war. This is London at peace, and you're still playing the same games, but the girl isn't part of it. She's useless to you. Let her go. She was sadly familiar with threats and the knife and a man who crept through the dark. She'd been part of the great game of spies and lies once upon a time when she'd been young and a fool. Now Napoleon was in exile on St. Helena. The battlefields were empty, and the great game had not ended. Three years after the last charge at Waterloo, spies still delved for secrets and spun their plots. Only she had changed. If this man had come for her, knowing who and what she'd been, he was desperate, or a fool, or very dangerous, or all three. She said, I retired a long time ago, innocent as a nestling harpy he murmured, all soft down and razor claws. I see myself as a battlefield crow, retired with a perch and a cup of fruits and nuts in the salon and a covered cage in the schoolroom. Do you mind if I sit up? Not at all. Take this. The shadow of his body rippled. Something glinted. A soft weight landed on the blankets. He stepped back and went still again. She wriggled out from under the covers and took up the shape he'd tossed in her direction. It was the knife, a fairly heavy example of its kind, the blade cold to the touch. The hilt was bone or wood, smooth and very slightly damp, as if it had recently been washed. A knife, she said. Right you are. I thought it might reassure you. She became slightly less terrified and considerably more angry she gripped the hilt. Strangely, it doesn't. Smooth as poured cream, he sank to sit on the bed beside her. His weight tilted the mattress. His body fitted next to her with only the quibble of a sheet and blanket between them. He was a solid presence now, as he'd been a shadow before. He was also empty-handed, which made no sense at all. No one surrenders an advantage so easily. Therefore, this knife is not an advantage. She didn't like his thigh close to hers, didn't like to feel his breath stirring on her face. A stranger in her bed was profoundly disturbing. A man this close to her should be a lover. She pushed her way out from under the blanket, fitted her back to the bedstead, and brought the knife up between them. I hate not understanding this. She was dealing with a man who didn't consider a knife important. Either he thought she wasn't dangerous, or he knew he was, himself, incomparably lethal. A deep game, indeed. She said, You break in here at midnight and give me a knife. Why? To stab me with, of course. Always a possibility. Or to keep your hands sufficiently busy that they don't go after your pistol. You're exactly the sort of woman who'd keep a gun under her pillow. She turned the blade and watched a line of light slip along the sharp edge. I'll take that as a compliment. I meant it as one. He shifted to make himself more comfortable on the bed. Will you kill me or talk to me? That sweet choice has hung in the balance every moment since I entered your room. I'm still deciding.' Every word they exchanged, and many more they didn't say out loud, waited like landmines on the counterpane between them. He was not in the least worried.